Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to All Hymns Sunday. We're so glad that you are here. If you want, you can stand and join us. We're going to sing this one. This is a little bit of an oldie but goodie, so this should take you way back. Uh-oh, technical difficulties. We good? Do we have a guitar in the house? There he is. Here we go. Let's try again. I wandered so aimless, life filled with sin. I wouldn't let my dear Savior in. Then Jesus came like a stranger in the night. Praise the Lord, I saw the light. Hell, I saw the light. I saw the light. No more in darkness, no more in night. Now I'm so happy, no sorrow inside. Praise the Lord, I saw the light. And just like a blind man, I wandered alone. Worries and fears I claimed for my own. Then like a blind man, God gave me back his sight. Praise the Lord, I saw the light. Well, I saw Life is over, I fly away to a home on God's celestial shore. I fly away. Well, I fly away, oh glory. I fly away when I die. Hallelujah, by and by.
We're so glad that you are here this morning for our hymn Sunday. I got so tickled this week at, li- at watching all of the comments on Facebook and what hymns you thought we were going to sing. It was so much fun. But welcome. We're glad that you are here. Would you say the Lord's Prayer with me this morning before we uh, go into our time of worship? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your presence. We thank you uh, just for who you are for moving in our hearts and our lives, God, for um, just being there time and time again for your goodness, for your faithfulness. And so as we go into a time of worship this morning, we just open up our hearts to receive all that you have for us today. We know that you are going to move in us through the songs, Lord, uh, through the message this morning. Continue to do your work in us today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen.
one more time, born of His Spirit. Born of His Spirit, washed in His blood. We are so grateful for those songs of our faith, aren't we? They take us back to that really special place. I grew up in a little small country church and my grandmother who stayed on her knees praying all the time, that's probably how we survived as kids is all our grandma's prayers. Anybody have grandma's praying? Can I get an amen on that? Um, anyway, she was so special and she loved these hymns. And so they have great memories. Just they bring back fond memories. But I want to read something to you this morning. Um, we think of traditional automatically. We think in our, our minds of traditional being hymns. But did you know that at one time hymns weren't known as traditional? They used to be contemporary. When they first came out, they were considered contemporary. And so I want to read something that Paul encourages us as believers in Ephesians 5 and 19. He says this, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. The key to worship is not about the style of song that you sing. It's about what is coming from the heart. If your heart is open and you're singing these songs of faith because you believe in them and you believe in the words, we, we all, some of us love modern things. We wanna sing what's the latest and out there. Some love traditional. Both are beautiful and both are meaningful. And so it's a matter of us just opening up and saying, God, you can move through anything. And so take these songs of our faith and use them and help me to draw closer to you as I'm praising and giving thanks to you. Can we continue to do that this morning? Just open up your heart and allow the Lord to continue to move today. Sing with me now. 
soul to say my lips shall still repeat cause Jesus paid it all all to him I owe my sin had left a crimson stain he washed it white as snow my sin had left a crimson stain he washed it white as snow he washed it white as snow you washed it white as snow God, we thank you for the goodness and the mercy that you've shown to us through your son, Jesus. We thank you for the relentlessness with which you pursue us, stopping at nothing and holding nothing back in the pursuit of our hearts and our souls, God, but you would give everything, including your son, so that we can know you, God, and we thank you for that. We thank you for the, the richness of your, your mercy to us uh, in, in that truth, God. Father, we, we pray that no matter what uh, form our worship takes, whether traditional, whether new, or new takes on traditional songs, God, that ultimately our hearts would be centered on lifting your name high above anything else, above taste, above preference, above style, God, that our, our, our intentions would just be to bring you as much glory as we can by being just utterly satisfied in you, God, and, and, and responding to uh, being confronted with these truths of who you are and, and what you've done for us. Father, we, we thank you again for your goodness and your mercy. And, and we, we thank you that you look on our feeble attempts to, to love you well and, and you smile on it and, and accept it because of your son and, and the work that he's doing on our behalf 
right now and, and, and in the past, God, that's, we, we thank you for that. Lord, I pray that every time we come to worship you, that we would leave changed. And I, I pray that today is no exception. We love you. We thank you. We pray all these things in your name. Amen. Today, give yourselves a big round of applause. Look at little God. Um, and uh, normally we'd have you greet, just give everybody a high five and go ahead and have a seat. And I want to set up a video for you that you're about to see. No, you got to give high fives. Give high fives out. That's important. Hold it. Don't start it yet, Mindy. Hold on. So um, I, would, I would love to invite you, if you will, um, in a second, we're going to push play on this video to turn your attention to the screen. Today we are saying goodbye to one of, one of our own as, um, as we pray Nikki out. She's moving to Atlanta with her family. And so we wanted you guys just to see a few snapshots of her. It's been 23 years at this church. I don't know, 23-year journey at this church. And she's only 30, so she's been you know, leading youth since she was seven. Um, but turn your attention to the screen and cry with us, will you? How are you doing? Not well. Not well. We've already done this once. Yeah. This is the, the encore yeah. from the matinee. So. <laughs> I, I don't know if I have any more tears in me. Like, I'm seriously dehydrated from mm -hmm. crying already today. But if 
by some strange reason, my allergies suddenly attack me and my eyes start crying or, I don't know, sweating, um, then I'm going to jump to like a random story. So just kind of stay with me as we, uh, as we just, man, we just, we share our thanks uh, of, of years and years of fun stories. This, the uh, pictures only tell just a small portion, uh, but my goodness, we've been, yeah, here they come, it's getting real, uh, of, of the, uh, the adventures of the, the, the ministry and all that you've been. So uh, Scott mentioned a second ago, but um, I just wanted you to be able to speak for yourself. Uh, why, why, why are you leaving us? I don't know anymore. Uh, we are going to, uh, my family and I are moving up to Atlanta to be close to my mom uh, for this next season. It's going to be close to mama. Mm-hmm. I get it. You got you to do that. Um, well, as I was thinking through this in preparation, uh, I just figured we go back to, to kind of the start. Um, I remember when you were yet, uh, when you were just a child, right? Running around the halls of this place. I mean, the building was like freshly painted, brand new, and like you, you showed up on the scene. Um, your dad actually played uh, the guitar and the bass guitar, like right over there. Like that was his side, was like right over there. Um, and and uh, Johnny had like a special like bass guitar move. Can you can you show us like while he was playing, it was like this. That's it right there. That's, that's like years of just just jamming, just the bop, right? It was tremendous. Uh, all the while, you were just kind of running around during worship practice and all that kind of stuff. So uh, then you decided to join the family business, um, and you were on stage in the youth band, and you played the bass guitar. And uh, the youth worship band at the back, back then was called Rock Solid, right? You guys had graphic tees. You went on tour. It was like a whole thing, right? It was pretty rad. Um, and you had a signature song. I'm not sure. Uh, and this is the moment when I wish in my heart of hearts I could have been like, and let's check out this video. But like, video yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nikki buried that video where we couldn't even find it. But uh, you had a signature song that was yours, just, just Taste and See, right? And it was rad. And you had long hair and a giant guitar. And it was a, it was a hoot. Uh, in eighth grade, you were one of the brave 14 students uh, that went to summer camp with, uh, with the old youth pastor and, and me. It was a week, right? And after surviving that week away with hundreds of students, I'm almost positive that after that, you sent me a Facebook request to, um, to approve you being my sister, that I was your brother. And that was like, that was just like, made it, made it all official. I'm like, who is this crazy crazy 13-year-old. So um, I just went ahead and clicked accept, and uh, from, then, from then on, just you became known as the, the little sister I never knew I had, but didn't even know I wanted, but definitely, definitely did want it. Yeah, definitely wanted. So we just, uh, we just adopted you, <clears throat> and needed for sure. Uh, in high school, then uh, you, you in, in ministry, in, in the youth ministry, and just kind of going, I remember one of those things you did, uh, you joined the Honduras mission team, Right? You spent months fundraising, doing team building stuff for the team, uh, and then in the middle of the summer, beneath the, uh, the intense, hot Central American sun, you and the rest of your team landed and got to work. Right? Y'all dug a 12-foot deep latrine uh, for, a, for a school. It was a new latrine. We're not refurbishing old latrines on youth retreats uh, and mission trips. It was a brand new latrine uh, that y'all dug at the, the school. You built playground equipment. You played and laughed with the kids there. You became a jungle gym. They're just piling all of you. It was a whole thing. Uh, and you loved those children with all your heart. And the cool thing is that from then to now, you've kind of seen all those kids grow up and, uh, and to be like a big sister to them as well. After graduating high school, um, you decided to leave for a bit to check out what school was like in Tallahassee. 
And I th- just check it out. And, and Johnny, I think that was right, right? Like, she pretty much just checked it out, right? Just like, oh, oh, yeah, there it is over there. I don't think I'm going to be a part of that. But anyway, you decided one day, I'll never forget the moment where you called me. You're like, hey, I'm moving back. I'm transferring to West Florida. I'm going to start going to school there. Can I volunteer in the youth group? And I was absolutely elated. Just knowing your ministry giftings, your heart, your talents, coming home to serve in the community and the church you grew up in. It's pretty rad. I, and that's, that's my story, too. That's pretty cool. Um, your heart drew you into ministering with students, and you dove right in and connected to so many teens to their faith in Christ using your kindness, maybe a little bit of sass, your signature laugh, and killer dance moves. Have y'all ever seen Seinfeld? Y'all know Elaine, right? Elaine's got nothing on this girl, like amazing dance move, like, and just, just sensational. Then in 20... That's a job requirement. <laughs> Is that what I told you back then? Oh, my goodness. Uh, then in January 2016, when we launched our own church, you were the first hire that we made. And, uh, and it's probably one of the best decisions that we've made in ministry uh, since. Uh, over the past 20-plus years, I've watched you grow into an incredible woman with a servant's heart and inspiring leadership qualities. You've poured back into the community and into the church that you grew up in. And in many ways, you completed the circle uh, and picked up the mantle of ministry. So as a student... You went on foreign missions, and then you led them. As a student, you attended retreats, and then you organized them. As a student, you listened to sermons, and then you wrote entire curriculum and offered students beautiful insight into their faith. Indeed, countless teenagers and young adults have been so richly blessed by your ministry, your teachings, your heart, your life, just by you, just by you being you. You have donned ridiculous fluorescent neon clothes from the 1980s and danced like a rock star at youth parties. You energize soaking wet volunteers at night to shine with your laughter, encouragement, and yes, of course, dance move. And you have met individually with hundreds of students over thousands of cups of coffee individually so that they can help connect personally and know and understand how God is active in their lives. You were present to families in some of the most difficult and painful times of loss and grief, and have brought the light of Christ with you. You have given so much to our students and our families, and we are so grateful. Your family has been an integral part of your ministry from the beginning, and from your dad dragging you to, uh, to those band practices when you were a student, to now wearing Isla and that crazy baby rap thing and just doing ministry uh, with them in tow, you've allowed your family to be a part of your ministry, one and the same. It may have been the only snapshot of a healthy family that some of our students have seen. With a loving dad, a wild son, a peaceful daughter, and a strong mama. A mama still dancing the dance to keep all of it in balance. We believe that your family is your first ministry. Allergies, it's crazy. These allergies are kicking in like all of a sudden. It's weird. Um that your family is your first ministry and you are prioritizing the location uh, of your life to reflect that. In this next season, this next chapter of your life, lean into all that God has in store for you. Find your strength in Christ. And although the miles will separate us for now, we will continue to root for you, to pray for you and your family, to love you and to dance alongside you because you will always have a family here as well. 
church family, this lady has made an incredible impact in this place and in this community and around the world. Uh, I've seen her do ministry. Uh, you were just mentioning, if you want to find the pictures uh, of us and of youth, you literally have to zoom out and find the dots on the globe where you have gone and you have made disciples and you have connected people to Christ. An incredible, incredible testimony. It all started right here, right? That's pretty, pretty awesome. If you have words of encouragement, you want to share your gratitude, um, send those, uh, those letters, those notes. You can drop them off at the front desk. If you're away, just mail those to the church, and we'll make sure that Nikki and her family get those. Um, but we just, we just want to take a moment, celebrate you, and just say, say thanks. And you're not getting rid of us that easily. So um, can we go ahead and invite, uh, will you all head on up? Johnny, you want to come on up? Johnny, Shy, the whole squad, if you want. If you want to come on up, that would be awesome. We're going to invite Pam to come up as well. Pam, while they're coming up on stage, um, Nikki, a couple of uh, mamas who have had students here in the program over the years, uh, wanted you to have something to go with. Yep, let me hold this. Uh, so they have created from uh, old T-shirts, old youth ministry T-shirts, something special for you to have uh, and to remember all those adventures by. Oh, that, yeah, there's a pillow. There's a pillow, right? So, so check this out. So again, mamas who, uh, who have had students in the program over the, over the years just wanted you to have this. And, um, and know. There's a lot of memories in that shirt, buddy. And know that um, we did not wash them. So if they smell like middle school boys, we just wanted you to take that with you as well. We all, uh, we all pull together. Um, thank you, students, for coming up here, um, bearing testimony and witness to, uh, to this incredible lady and her ministry. And we're just going to pull together and we're going to pray uh, over her. If you would, uh, just stretch your hands out uh, this way as we, uh, we pray and we bless. Um, y'all, y'all scoot on him. Um, I'll start praying. And Scott, um, if you will, we'll, uh, we'll close it up. Let's pray. God, we love you. We are so thankful for this incredible lady, for this family. God, that is pulled together, has realized that their first ministry is right inside the, uh, the walls of their own home. So, uh, so we send them off with, uh, with full hearts, um, knowing that you have an incredible plan for them. Uh, God, knowing that you love them and knowing that uh, you are going before them. So God, we pray for, uh, for Ms. Trish, for Reg, God, for, uh, for homes to be opened, uh, God, for, uh, for ways and doors to be um, available and open to them. God, as they step into that community, we know that they are coming with a huge blessing, and that blessing is a heart, a heart that is full of you. So God, we pray for, uh, for Matt. We're so grateful for him. Um, a ministry spouse is not easy, so I'm so grateful for him and thankful over all the years uh, that he's been able to, uh, to be in the, the, uh, behind the stage in, in a lot of ways. Uh, and in front of, way, in front of uh, groups of students and leading them as well. For Canyon, who is just 110% boy, uh, just so grateful for him uh, and know that you have an incredible plan for he and for Isla, uh, a precious girl who's gonna grow up in a home uh, just full of love, God, full of an understanding of you. I thank you for, uh, uh, God, just for what you're doing. God, in this community and what you've done in the lives of these students who you're standing behind me, God is, a, is an example, a small example of the impact uh, that this family has made through ministry, through life, God, and just the way that they love and take care. Lord, we love you.
Uh, God, Nikki and I have almost died together on two different continents. <laughs> we, we vowed years ago, Lord, in ministry to, to, to go about ministry with an open hand. That, God, we know that you'll bring people into our lives and, and that you'll place them in the kingdom as, as you see fit. And, um, Lord, like a daughter, moving to Atlanta, God, we trust. Lord, we trust your, your providence. We trust your sovereign nature. Lord, all the beautiful things you're doing inside of this family as you prepare them and as you do a deep work. God, I honestly believe and I have to trust that you set us where you see fit. And God, that's what this is all about. So lead and guide, surround this family, Lord, wherever they land with your um, hope, with your blessing. Use all the gifts and graces that you placed in each one of them, God, and and raise them up and grow kingdom. Um, It's incredible. God, the stories that we've seen, the lives that we've been a part of changing and and uh, God, I just thank you for Nikki. It all started with Clint coming into my office and saying, do you remember Nikki? She needs a job. <laughs> and here we are today. The Lord is just so incredible. We love you. We trust you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Y'all give Nikki a big round of applause and family. appreciate y'all letting us do that. That's, um, uh, I think I got most of the tears out in the last service, but it sure isn't easy in this. Um, can, can I tell y'all a story? Would y'all like to hear a story? Okay. And then this will help me get back on track. Um, when we were, we decided we were going to Zimbabwe and then Nikki was on the trip and we bought the airline tickets. And then as we got closer, Nikki said, Hey, guess what? what? I'm pregnant. I'm like, so does that mean you're not going on the trip? She says, oh no, I'm going. I'm going on this trip. And, and Clint and I are like, oh God, like how far along will you be? Like six months to Zimbabwe, the end of the world. And so Clint and I got together and we're like, is, it, can, is this allowed by law to do this? And so we came up with a deal. We said, Nikki, if you have this child in Zimbabwe, we get to name it. So as we're sitting on the edge of Ganarajo National Forest on, at this just most beautiful place, she said, so what would you name my child if I had it? And I said, I don't know, but I think whatever animal comes out of the woods first is what we're going to name your child. Now, guys, this is the heart of South Africa. It could have been a baboon. Could have been an elephant. I don't know. Um, and out of the woods comes this beautiful uh, um, I, antelope called an Inyala. And I said, uh-oh, there it is. I said, if you have this, so I've always known Isla as Inyala, which would have been a great name. Can we all agree? Like that would have been fantastic. And so anyways, Isla is known as Inyala to me, and we're going to really, really miss Nikki. Um, she has spoken into the life of this church more than you could ever possibly imagine. She has never pulled back because she's a female. She has stood and owned her space as a person who has been anointed by the presence of God. And if she saw something in this church moving in the wrong direction, she came in and we talked about it and we worked through it. And so I'm, I'm just so proud of her and what, what God is doing. Well, good morning. I want to welcome you and thank you for joining us today at Community Life Church. 
My name is Scott Verno, and I'm the lead pastor here at the church, and it's an honor to have you in our family room or to have you joining us online. At Community Life, we love God, we love our neighbor, and we believe that our mission is to connect people to Jesus because we believe that Jesus is the source of life. And if we can do anything for you um, to connect to that source of life, uh, I, I pray that you would just simply ask because we would love to just come right alongside you and support you, encourage you, and um, love you every step of the way. It'd be the high honor of our life. So, so thank you for spending this time with us. I'm going to throw a few announcements at you quickly, and then we're going to jump into the message. So next week is kind of the beginning of all things in the fall season. So it's what we kind of behind closed doors call our fall launch. That's when everybody comes back to church. And so next week, services are going to be a little bit different. The times will be different. We're going to have three full services, 8.30, 10, and 11.30, um, all of those services will be the same with the exception of one thing, that we will only have middle school and high school ministry at the two later services, at 10 or 11.30. So if you have littles and you want to come earlier, feel free to come at 8.30. We're trying to spread out those bookends. Our guess is that the 10 o'clock service might be pretty full. But here's what I know about you. You're going to come, you're going to show up, and then we'll all sort it out. So that first couple of Sundays isn't going to count. Um, you guys will settle out right where you need to be, but just be patient. I'm excited about the growth and, and the season that God has us in. And um, just looking forward to what next week looks like. So we have all of that going on. Next Sunday is also Promotion Sunday. So if you have kiddos, they'll be moving up to their next grade. It's also Blessing of the Backpacks. So get here early, bring their backpacks. We're going to parade them all in. We're going to pray a blessing over them. It's going to be awesome. It's just, it is a crazy, fun Sunday morning. And then if that wasn't enough, next Sunday, we're also going to have our beach children's baptism bash on Navarre Beach, right? So why not? Let's just rip the Band-Aid off and do all of the things on Sunday. Now, I told you we, were, we had that scheduled for a few weeks ago, and it, we were celebrating. There were 40 students or children that were registered to be baptized. We moved it to this next coming Sunday. It's over 50 children to be baptized next Sunday. Isn't that awesome? Just excited about what God is doing. We're looking forward to being right in the middle of all of that. So you have all of those things going on. And then last but not least, I'm going to read this announcement that Kristen gave to me because probably better in her words. And this is about the preschool. She said, we need a few more assistant teachers to help run um, the school at its best potential. She said, we have um, afternoon positions available from two to five and full-time positions available from nine to five. Great team, positive work environment and, and family feel. So come love, uh, help us love on babies and make some extra money too. I'm going to tell you, if you're maybe new to the community, you're looking for a place to work, the preschool is awesome. Uh, it's, it's, it's the best in the community. I, I may be a little biased, but it's the best in the community. And if you're looking for that connection, we would love for you to come and be a part of it and just make the school that much better. Amen? All right. So um, today we uh, are closing out our series on James. And this series we have called uh, James Transformative Faith, Doing the Next Best Thing, or better said, Doing the, the Next Thing. Because we believe, James, James would say in his letter, that um, faith is transformational. So it's not the next best thing, meaning don't do the first best thing. Do the first best thing, and then when you're done with that, do the next first best thing, and just continue to make good decisions as God would, God would reveal them to you. And James would say that as you step in your faith and as you're active in your faith, that faith will transform you in life. So we're going through this letter, studying it, finding out those keys and understandings for life so we can apply it to where we, where we sit today. And it's been a fun journey. So I'm going to do a real fast recap and then punch through our two sets of series, uh, sermon scriptures for today and send you on out into the day. So, so just as a recap, remember James is a general epistle or a general 
letter. Now you may say, why is it general? It's general because the teaching is in general. Um, And we have seven of those general epistles or general letters in our New Testament. James, 1st and 2nd Peter, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John and Jude um, is addressed to Jewish believers in Jesus. But if we're going to be honest, James would have wanted any Jewish person to read it because he believed that Jesus was the fulfillment of their faith. So you can say that it's written to the Jewish nation, but but really, it was probably disseminated and spread out amongst the Jewish believers in, in Jesus. The general instruction was practical life lessons about faith, trials, suffering, family, faith, wisdom, versus Paul, who when he wrote letters, they were specific to what that community was going through, and he would offer insight just about that and offer truth. James is all-encompassing, talks about family, talks about life, and, and that's where we get the, the general understanding. Key things to remember James is believed to be the half-brother of Jesus. We had many James in the New Testament, but the James that authored this letter, um, scholarly study shows that he was more than likely uh, one of the half-brothers of Jesus. Mary and Joseph had children after Jesus. And um, and John tells us in John chapter 7, verse 5, that those brothers and sisters did not believe that Jesus was the Messiah or the Son of God while he was yet alive. It was after the resurrection that James' heart changed. And so it was after the resurrection that his heart changed, was transformed, and then he became known or became the pastor at the church in Jerusalem and helped for the rest of his life to shape and mold theology and their understanding and supporting them during that time. Um, One of the other key pieces of information that will help you if you read through James is to know that James was probably the first um, of the New Testament writings that we have. It's the first one that was written. So if you think about James being a Jewish person who sits down to write, there were not other letters there for him to pattern his writing after. So what you find in his letter is that he writes as if you're reading an Old Testament book. Think book of Proverbs. He writes a section or a thought, a proverb, if you will. He covers all of the truth that goes along with that, and then he just moves on to another point. There's no transition, there's no extra thought. He just finishes that thought and moves on to the next point. So when you study James, you can take it in chunks, collate those chunks together, and they'll help you to interpret and understand the rest of it. Um, I don't have time to go through week one, week two. I just want you to know that it's a great letter. So we're going to jump into week three. You guys ready for this? Okay. It's hot, and and we're all having fun here today. So we're going to be looking today at two sections of Scripture um, that have to do with what I believe to be maybe the most powerful parts of his letter. One is the power of the tongue, and the other is the prayer of faith. And so I would invite you, if you brought your Bibles, to open those up. You can bring them. If if you don't have them with you, we'll have the scripture on the screen. But we're going to be reading in James chapter 3. And this first thing we're going to look at is is known as the power of the tongue. And, And James wants us to know that this little part of our body can have so much influence in this world. So thinking about school starting back up, listen to this very first verse. He says, not many of you should become teachers, my brothers and sisters. How many teachers out there are like going, oh, you should listen to what he's saying right now, right? Not many of you should become, uh, should become teachers, my brothers and sisters. For you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. Now I'll ask you when you read that, do you think he's putting teachers down? No, because he himself is a teacher. So what James is actually doing is he's elevating the importance and understanding and value of being a teacher. He's just saying, not any of you should just go do this because there is 
there is a weight or a weightiness, if you will, of being a person that's going to deliver messages or deliver lessons, you need to consider carefully before you go and do this. Now, if you're a teacher, you know that you can be judged based on the things that you say, right? So there's that judgment that's given to you, but also how your students receive that. And if you're teaching false information or you're not teaching in a good way, they will also reflect on you. So when he says that you'll be judged more strictly, it's not just you going off and doing whatever you want to. You are speaking into the lives and the hearts of other people. And so this is a good reminder as we think about our incredible school system that's around us and the amazing teachers that we have here in our community that pour into our children. They don't go into their, their, their professions lightly. They go about it with all of the intentionality that God has placed inside of their hearts. And James would echo that. Verse two, he says, for all of us make many mistakes. Now, I love that James says that because he's not showing up to this text as one who has it all figured out. James is actually owning the fact that he still is in process and this parable, if you will, or this proverb that he's about to deliver to us He wants you to know that he's still learning. He doesn't have it perfected. So all of us still make mistakes. Now, I just have to say this. The rest of the verses, all the way from two and a half, all the way through 12, they incorporate 14 plus examples of why the tongue is is so powerful. Such a small instrument, but it has such extreme power. 14 different examples. Have you ever sat in a classroom and a person is, is making a point and they just don't know when to stop making the point? That's kind of what James does here. He deals with people who like horses. He deals with people who likes boats. He deals with people who are, own vineyards. He, I mean, all of the topics. He puts them all out there because he believes it's important. So I'm just going to read through them, but listen to the emphasis that he puts on the power of the tongue and really um, its disproportionate power to its size in relation to the body. So he goes on to say, anyone who makes no mistakes in speaking is perfect, able to keep the whole body in check. So he's thinking of unity. He's thinking of body um, with a bridle. If we put bits into the mouth of horses, the mouth of horses, so now we're going to talk about horses, to make them obey us, we guide their whole bodies. So a little bit is leading the whole horse, or let's say you like ships. He says, or look at ships. Though they are so large that it takes strong winds to drive them, yet they are guided by a very small rudder wherever they will, uh, wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great exploits. So he's already given us a few examples of, of how powerful the tongue can be, just like a rudder on a ship or just like a bit in a horse's mouth. That tongue can control things in mighty ways. He goes on. How great a forest is set ablaze by a small fire. So now we're moving into forest fires, right? For those of you who are pyromaniacs, this maybe will speak to you. He says, by, by a small fire. And the tongue is a fire. The tongue is placed among our members as a, listen to this, world of iniquity. And so maybe you think in terms of, of worlds, you think in terms of, of what, what worlds we create when we write stories. He processes it in that sermon. He says, it stains the whole body. Maybe laundry is your thing. Let's talk about stains. So now he's trying to connect to you. He says, it's set on fire by the cycle of nature. Maybe you're a person that likes all the different seasons. Now he's connecting with you. And is itself set on fire by hell. Now there's some explanation that needs to happen here. The word he uses for hell is the word Gehenna. You might think, well, what is that? Gehenna is a place in Israel. It is a trash dump down on the edge of the Kidron Valley where all of the trash was taken and it was dumped. And it was a constant burning site. 
And so imagine if you were smelling burning trash, big uh, trash pits that were burning all day long. That was Gehenna. So it's a place that is burning trash, what that smells like. And so he references it is set on fire by hell or it is set on fire by garbage that leads to the dysfunction or what it is that you see around us. It says, for every species of beast, now he's going to go to dealing with animals. And bird of reptile, a sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by human species. Maybe you're a zookeeper. But no one can tame the tongue, a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With it, we bless the Lord and our, and our Father. And with it, we curse those who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessings and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this ought not be so. And here, let's give you some more examples. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening, both fresh and brackish water? Here's all for all our fly fishermen. Can a fig tree, my brothers and sisters, yield olives? Maybe you like olives. Or, or a grapevine, figs. Maybe you like wine. Okay, scratch that. No more. Can salt water yield fresh? So, so I ask you, do you think this is an important topic to him? 14, 15, 16 different examples of the power of the tongue. He jams them all together to let you know that this small part of our being has so much control in our lives, and he wants to put the influence on it. Now, now you may say, Scott, why is that? As a Jewish person, for him, he knew the power of the tongue because in his understanding and in our scriptures, God said, let there be light, spoke, and light was created. And so for him, he recognizes that in this spoken power of the tongue, worlds can be created. And I want you to hear me that since then, we've been creating worlds with our words ever since. And so before I transition into the next set of scripture, I want you to know that what you say matters. And as you prepare for school or as you prepare to go back to work, and many of you are just new to our community, I pray that as a church and as a people, we become known as people that create worlds of life over people, that we speak life over the hearts and the lives of the people that we encounter. There are people in this world that have never heard a kind word or haven't heard a kind word in six months. And I want you to know that you can do something about that. You can change their very existence by choosing to believe in them and drawing out of them the beautiful things that God has placed inside of them. That's why the tongue is so powerful. And I'll give you another example. Those things that people say over us that hurt us, they only have to say it one time and we remember it for the rest of our lives. And you know what I'm talking about. I can sit down and I can study a chapter of scripture for six months and not remember it in five minutes. But somebody speaks a hurtful word over you you will carry it to your grave. Words matter. And inside of our mouth, we have the power of life and death. And so we need to be a people that are constantly speaking life over people. So let's jump on to our next set of scriptures, which is in James, James chapter five. I got three minutes to do this. That's a ton of time. James chapter five. And this is about the prayer of faith. Now, I, I love the way James closes out this last chapter. It's not like a normal letter where he's saying goodbye to people. He's just continuing on with the thoughts. And he's going to talk about the prayer of faith, but he really talks about three different areas, which encompass all of us. Starts off with some questions. He says, are any among you suffering? They should pray. Are any cheerful? They should sing songs of praise. Are any among you sick? They should call for the elders of the church and have them pray over them, anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord. Those three areas, those who are suffering, those who are cheerful, those who are sick, suffering encompasses everything from persecution to just your normal, mundane, difficult times. Um, being cheerful is not a note of happiness. 
Cheerful is a person that's holistic, that's doing well, that's thriving in their, their understanding and their, and their purpose of God, and it's really moving forward in life. And somebody that is sick is someone that's sick across the board, any illness that you're dealing with. I'll tell you, all of us fall into one of those three categories, if not multiple of those three categories. And what he does is he centers those areas inside of a healthy community. If you're suffering, you should pray. If you're cheerful, sing songs. So many of you today with the hymns, you connected to songs that meant so much to you in your life that it brought you back to a new place and really spoke to your spirit. Or any of you sick, bring together the elders of the church to pray over you, to anoint you. And, and there's this powerful awareness of finding a community of people that are our people, right? And, and, and this is an important aspect of this to hold on to. James is not just saying, go out and, and talk to anybody or go do it. He pulls us together in this community. And, and here's how we know this. The next few verses pulls it into a clearer picture. Verse 15, he starts to give us some theology. The prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise them up. And anyone who has committed sins will be forgiven. Remember in the Jewish faith, there was a direct correlation in their mind between sickness and sin. And so they, could, they had a hard time separating the two. And so they used to believe that if you were sick in your body, there must have been sin in your life. And so that's why they call you together to, to have people pray over you. And when you do that, then you'll be forgiven and that person will be made well. But you can see them calling people together in community. Verse 16, he says, therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. The prayer of the righteous is powerful and effective. Now, what James is not saying is go confess your sins to anyone. He's talking about a healthy environment, a healthy um, church, people, friends that you can be accountable with, that you can trust, that will love you, that will encourage you, that will inspire you, people that when you are down will lift you up, people that when you are up will celebrate with you, not the antithesis, people that want to tear you down when you're up, and people that want to lift up all of your failings. You have to find the group of people that will represent this healthy community to you. And I'm telling you, he's describing what the church should look like. That's what the church should look like. Now he goes on and he describes, it's, it's hilarious. In verse 17 and 18, he uses Elijah as an example. He says, Elijah was a human being like us, and he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on earth. Then he prayed again, and the heaven, uh, heavens gave rain, and they yielded its harvest. He's saying, so, so pray like Elijah. Now, I, I laugh at that because I'm like, you know, you should, you should have better faith. Just be, be like Jesus. As in, it's the greatest example ever for a Jewish person to think of, of being like Elijah. Be the same thing as you're about to send your children to school, and you said, hey, you're going to take that test today. Know that you're related to Albert Einstein. I'm counting that somewhere in your DNA, right? You're going to get it all right. And having that expectation on your child. I, he does this because it's a Jewish audience that he's writing to, and they remember Elijah. Now, I'm sitting here thinking, well, I'm bummed out. I'm not related to Elijah. But guess what? The power was not Elijah's. Whose was it? God's. And so when we pray, we are pulling together and we are invoking the power of God in those areas that he's called us to pray about. And so we have that same connection that Elijah has. And then finally, 19 and 20, and, and this will close us out. Now, brothers and sisters, if any among you wanders from the truth and is brought back by another, you should know that whoever brings back a sinner from wandering will save the sinner's soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. Once again, even in lostness, not just the, the suffering or being cheerful or being sick, but even if those that are lost, a community that's healthy will go and pursue and love and bring them back and restore them back to the faith. And so what he's doing in this chapter 
is it's a cry for us to be a healthy community that loves people, cares for them, and walks alongside them. Does that make sense to everybody? I mean, this is not rocket science. This is health. This is what I hope that our church would be. This is what I hope that the body of Christ would be. So that when people look at the body of Christ, they're not like, man, I don't want to get in there because that looks way more painful than it is. I can go find pockets of community that are more healthy outside the church than inside. It's not the way that God ever intended for it to be. God intended for us to be a safe place where people can come in and find healing. And, and that's the hope that's there. And so just to pull all of our thoughts together, um, James is such an important part to our faith. His role in the church in Jerusalem put him at a key crossroads for the early church. Yeah, he, he may not have left Jerusalem as we know, but he shaped theology. And when Paul went and started traveling around the Mediterranean Rim, bringing Gentiles to the faith, Paul would always find his way back to Jerusalem to have conversations with James. And it was like iron sharpening iron, that they worked through the theology to discover the, God's true heart for salvation and awareness. And so when you think of the letter of James, just know that it was one of those foundational pieces that really set up the body of Christ for success. And please don't forget that at the very core of that was the hope for a healthy community that spoke life over one another. I want this church, your family, our community, one of the markers of, the, of all three of those to be that when people come in here, that they hear words of hope, words of life spoken of them. Because that's the ability that you have when you tap into the spirit of God that's inside of you and you speak life over someone. Amen? And it all starts with our connection in our heart to Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you. God, and we thank you for, for days like today that are um, in, in some cases so hard saying goodbye to Nikki and, and knowing that, that you're going to go and you're going to take and you're going to use her in powerful ways in this world. But then, Lord, knowing and expecting that, that you're going to bring in new leadership and, and God, it's going to take the form and the fashion for this next season of life that, that you've intended for it. And, that, and that's in all of our areas of ministry, three services, children's baptisms, the preschool launching, we're sending our kids off to school, whatever it is, God, in all of it, the principles that you teach us in James are so rock solid. Find a healthy community, speak life over one another, and just continue to take the steps. Help us to be that, that, healthy, that healthy community. And Lord, I pray for the people that are here today that, that are struggling, walking through very difficult times in life, that God, maybe through a connection in their faith, that we'll discover life eternal, life in your son, Jesus, that brings us to a new place and, and gives us a different sight line on those things that we're looking at around us an eternal sightline where we can be a part of changing this world forever because of experiencing new life through your son, Jesus. God, we love you. We trust you. And it's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. I'd like to invite you, if you will, to stand and uh, join us in, in singing this final song. Addie's down front over here. I'll be over on this side. We'd love to pray with you this morning, but I, I do thank you so much for your time. Where the t-
dearest and best for a world of lost sinners was slain. So how I'm so grateful that you gather with us today. This is so exciting to be a part of a church uh, that is doing that, that is speaking life into this community, into our families. And so I want to encourage us to do that this week. Be bold with your words, lean into your faith, and share the words that need to be said. Maybe they've been unspoken things for years, they've been up inside your heart. Man, spill that out this week. I encourage you to do that. If you're new here, if this is your first Sunday, join us in the Next Steps room, just right out in the lobby. We'd love to connect with you. And we're going to send us out uh, with a prayer. Let's pray. God, we're thankful. God, we're grateful that you have spoken words of truth over our life, and I pray that everything else would fall to the ground. God, that we lean into the faith, the understanding that you have of us as your children. God, not perfect, but God, leaning into our faith and walking in your light. So I pray that this week as we leave this place, as we find ourselves in offices and classrooms and uh, in the places that we go, God, that you'd help us uh, just to share from an outpouring of your love and your Holy Spirit uh, out of our hearts and through our mouths, the, uh, the hope and the peace, the forgiveness and the love that we find in your son, Jesus. We love you and we thank you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray and all God's people said, amen. We love you.